0: Hey, we're so thankful for all you guys do week in and week out, and uh, you know, each of the congregations has got its head down, just with the agenda of reaching people and discipling people for Jesus, amen. And uh, it's interesting what can happen in the life of the church at different times. I always enjoy our Tuesdays when we talk about what happened in different congregations over the weekend, and uh, it's like last weekend in Waterside, a gentleman turned up and said he was the Messiah. Isn't that awesome? On a Sunday morning. And uh, obviously he wasn't, uh, I think there would have been a, a bigger announcement uh, if, if he was, and, and Paul had to deal with him and say, you're not the Messiah, and you're not getting the microphone. And uh, he said, what would you have done? I would have said, I would have, get, I would have got the hosting team to get me a bucket of water, and said, we start here, turn that to wine, and then we'll get started here. Um, but yeah, it's amazing what can happen in the life of church, and, and church is God's master plan, Amen. Church is God's master plan, always has been, always will be. The only thing that Jesus committed to build was the church. And that's not us in a building, that's us in a building and us wherever we are any day of the week, any moment of our life. Amen. But joy to be with you. and just so thankful for Pastor Jeff and Jane and their faithfulness, how they just continue just to lead uh, with persuasion and just a passion for Jesus and his people. Aren't you thankful for Pastor Jeff and Jane? And, uh, you know, never never be afraid to let them know you appreciate them. You know, it's like, uh, oh, I intended to do that. Well, good intentions are all right, aren't they? But it's nice when something actually happens, isn't it? It's like anyone that ever had a birthday where someone, you met them a day later and they went, oh, I saw a beautiful birthday present for you and I was going to get it for you. Hey, it's the thought that counts. I always inside, my inside man says, no, it's not. I want the present. Anybody else? I'm like, yeah, good intentions are okay. But, and uh, so thankful for Camille. You are just a legend, a warrior. And I love just watching the way that you just have a resilience in God. Uh, to say, no, no, this is who God is. This is what God's doing. We're so thankful for you and for your family. We really are. And Claire, I get to see Claire probably the most because she's in and around the offices there. And just diligent. You're a diligent lady, Claire. You really are. You're a lady of faithfulness and diligence. And so thankful for everyone on team. And, uh, you know, we're in a moment this August. It almost feels a little bit surreal if you're over indulging on the news, because you watch the news, we're in this kind of moment of summer and August, and then you watch the news and it says, all right, when we get into autumn, it's going to be really bad. It's all going to get really terrible. Listen, I just want to say that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, um, and don't allow a spirit of fear to come off of the media into your life. We've got to walk with wisdom, we've got to walk with faith, but, n- but never fear. Don't let a spirit of fear grip your heart. Fear is a spirit. It's a spirit. And we've got to guard our hearts against the spirit of fear and go, okay, there's some stuff happening with energy and the economy, with gas and electricity. We're not in denial. La, 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 it's not happening. No, it's happening. But Jesus Christ in his word has got us covered. Um, I'm going to get into a, a thought in a moment, but just as we were worshipping, I had a thought, and I thought it was just a me thought, but I really believe it's for some people today. Um, now, on my spare time, which contrary to what some people think, I am allowed to have some, um, one of the things I like to do to relax is paddleboard. That's like an inflated surfboard, and you just launch out at East knee and I and it's like I can hear God in the middle of the ocean. Like, I can't hear him in my living room. I really can. I get out there, paddle a bit, throw my legs over, and say, All right, what are we going to talk about, Lord? And I just love paddle boarding. Now, I was out yesterday morning, early, about seven o'clock. I was out on the ocean, me and Jesus, and South Sea Seafront never looking better than that. And it's amazing. Sometimes you can go paddle boarding, and it's flat. It's flat. And that's what life can be like sometimes, it's flat, no problems, no situations, nothing happening, easy street, you just get out there, push away from the shore, stand up, easy. But yesterday morning there was a few more knots and a little bit more wind, so it was a little bit more choppy yesterday, I'm talking 6.37 in the morning, it was a little bit more choppy, which meant it was um, easier to fall in, it was easier to fall in, when it's flat you don't really fall in. Uh, apart from the first few weeks when you're paying your school fees to learn how to paddleboard. But yesterday, it was like a little bit more choppy, and you have to position yourself a little bit more firmly because what can put you off is the waves and the sound of the wind if you let it get into your mind. So one of the things they teach you when you're paddleboarding is the first thing you need to do, well, the good thing is you always start on your knees. That's not a bad position. Anytime the weather's a little bit inclement, always be on your knees. But then the key is they say, don't take ages getting up. Get up and take a stand. Don't look down. Don't look around. Look forwards. And I really believe that that's the wisdom that we read about in the Bible when Jesus said to Peter, come. It was only when he looked at the waves and the wind and allowed his senses to be taken by fear that he began to sink Now, I really believe this is for someone this morning. I wasn't going to share this, but yes, there are certain storms that are here that are coming. It's true. But Jesus Christ is still saying, keep your eyes on me. Just keep your eyes set on me. I believe he's put a Joseph anointing on family church that we're going to be a place of provision for others. We're not going to starve. We're going to see God filling our barns so that we can be a blessing to other people. But I really sense God saying, don't give in to a spirit of fear. Just set your eyes on me. Be in the word. Be in the word. Don't be sitting there watching Sky News, BBC One, uh, CNN. Get in the word of God. And that's a way of keeping your eyes on him. Be walking with the Holy Spirit and let his peace be your peace. That's a way of guarding your heart. Now it's amazing, when I was out yesterday, uh, even though you know that you shouldn't look down, you can't help it sometimes, but the moment you look at the waves, it gets in your head, it gets in your head. That's why they say if you paddleboard, you just got to start on your knees, always start on your knees, it's a good posture, and it says, get up quickly and look where you're going, because the moment you look around and you see the waves, the thoughts begin to come, what if I lose my balance? What if this next wave is going to take me out? And it's amazing when those thoughts get in your mind, your body begins to respond and you fall in. But your body didn't make you fall in, your mind did. That's why I want to encourage you. Yeah, we're going to come into some storms. Yeah, we're going to come into some unusual times. But look back in history, there's always been storms. You know, talk to my dad, Dave Elms, 86 years old. He says, I can remember a time when you couldn't get a banana. And you had to go to the end of the street and share a tap. There's been times that have been lean before, but God remains God. So right now, Father, we break any spirit of fear that's come upon the life of any person, on the mind of any person, regarding their health, their provision, their protection. We say God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and soundness of mind and non-timidity in our hearts. God, we're a people of faith, but Lord, we don't listen to the wind and the waves. We listen to the forecast of your voice, Jesus, and we set our hearts on you. Amen. Well, I know that was for someone, and I encouraged myself anyway. Man, I'm feeling, I'm glad I went to Gospel Church this morning. Got a word, really pumped me up there. I love the teaching of the Apostle Paul, and there's so much that you can teach on from sentences and statements that he makes And the Apostle Paul, it's like you can read the Bible quickly and go, yeah, that's okay. Or you can stop and wait on on the statements that he makes, like the new creation statement. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Do you know the power within that statement to change your life? But I want to just share for a few moments today on a closing greeting that to me has just found a fresh place in my heart. Now, Paul, even in his closing greetings, had words of genius and Revelation. Remember, it's always Revelation that will cause your transformation. That's why we're living in Revelation of God's Word. God contained himself and his agenda and his ability within his Word. God and his Word are one. If you've got his Word, you've got God. God has put within his Word everything he's ever done. Anything he will ever do. We need that relationship with the word. But I love this statement that Paul makes. And I've used this many times over the last 30 odd years of walking with Jesus. But sometimes I made it a token statement when it's so much more. Now Paul had just taught phenomenal truth in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Truth that was mind-blowing. But then it's like he's walking out the door with this greeting. But actually, this greeting is incredible. Now, when I leave, you're going to get, see you later, catch you later, have a good week. That's going to be my greeting, or my exit. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Let these words sink into you. I'm not going to go deep today, just going to look at this incredible exit greeting and what, God's, and, and what Paul says in it. He says, Let the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's incredible. Again, read it quick, skim over it. It's like saying, hey, see you later, have a good week. But actually, within that, Paul's theology, each one of those components is the trinity experience that God wants us to have with God on a daily basis. Not in church on Sunday, every moment of our life. And I've, I've just begun to term it a trinity of available God experience. And it's like a triangle, isn't it? It's, I'm going to draw it here, I'm not a great artist. Um, but if you imagine this triangle here, like that's kind of roughly a triangle... It speaks of the grace of God, or the grace of Jesus Christ. And then it speaks of the love of God. And then it speaks of, I hope I can spell this right, the fellowship. Yeah, we got there. That's like my C's and my L's. I know, I've got issues when it comes to that stuff. Grace, love, fellowship. These three components are probably the most important components. To your daily walk with the Lord obviously everything we have operates in the realm of faith without faith it's impossible to please God but each of these things are experiences that we come into by faith so faith could be in the middle couldn't it let's put faith in the middle because that's how we relate and walk with the Lord but just stop for a moment these words are so powerful He says opening, let the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's grace. Now, we know that that's the word charis. It means the unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor of God. What's Paul saying? Let the unearned, unmerited. God does it when you can't. God's able when you're not. God needs you to sit on your hands so you can watch what he does. Let the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then all of a sudden you're thinking, yeah, grace is an incredible, incredible thing. We're saved by grace. We live by grace. But then the next statement that Paul makes is, and the love of God. And obviously the word that Paul uses there for love is the word agape. It's not philia or eros. It's not the love between a a man and a woman or friends. It's that incredible word agape the God kind of love and it reminds us well it reminds me that when I'm dealing with the Lord in the same moment I'm dealing with God I'm dealing with love itself because God does not love he is love we have an action of loving he is love God is love that's a great statement in scripture And God, not does love, he is love. Now, we would say that we are loving because we love. But God is love, and because he's love, he's loving. It's not something he becomes when he does. It's something he does because he is. Your relationship with God must be built Upon the grace of Jesus Christ. But everything you receive now is through grace. We're not a people under the law. See, the law is people doing for God. Grace is God doing for people. Outside of what they deserve. Outside of what they own. So this Trinity experience, we should all be living in the middle, touching these things. Not once a week, but in our daily lives. I could preach on grace for hours because it is amazing. Yeah. Somebody wrote a song about that, didn't they? <laughs> amazing grace. How sweet was that? You know, see, when you understand grace in its fullness, it's amazing. It, it's so undeserved. It's so not the result of our performance. God's grace is at its best when we're sitting in our own inadequacy. And we turn around and God does something. And we said, that was 100% you. And nothing of me. That's grace. But then we've got the love of God. But we understand that we're not talking of something that God does. But someone that he is. God is love. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. God's not the angry guy you were told about years ago. God's not that guy sitting there with a baseball bat waiting to hit you the moment you do something wrong. God isn't an abusive father. The most beautiful picture of God as a loving father is in what Jesus portrayed with the return of a coming son. That's God. Come on, let us seep into your heart again. God is love. He's for you. He's, he loves you. He, God is madly in love with you. But haven't done anything. No, that's grace. God's not in love with you because you do anything. Because he loved you when you were a sinner and far away. God's love for you is not based on what you do. God doesn't love you if you come to church a little bit more. God doesn't love you a little bit more if you read your Bible. You'll have a better life if you read your Bible. But God's love is set and expressed in his son, Jesus Christ, dying on a cross. How much does God love me? That much. He hasn't got to demonstrate His love. He already has. We've got a purpose to live in His love. We've got to begin to find rest in His love. Because we've been raised in a world that said, if you don't do, you don't get. And that affected the way that we view love. And in many relationships, we thought that if we want love, we do this. But that's not how God's love works. God's love was there for you before you were born. Because your existence preceded your conception. God loved you before your mum and dad ever met. You were in his mind and he was in love with you. When you're born again, you're reconnected to that love. So Paul says, okay, I'm off now. Let the grace, the unmerited, undeserved, unearned favour of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the love of God. That would be enough, wouldn't it? But then he brings us to this final point, And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with you all in your daily life. Now and forever. You see, God's plan for you is that on a daily basis, every moment of your life, you're caught between his love, his grace, and the ongoing fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I'm just preaching from my journal this morning. This is stuff that God's been speaking to me, reminding me of. That word fellowship is the word koinonia. And it means communion, partnership, and participation. So what Paul was saying was daily experience grace, love. But daily also experience the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the risen Jesus Christ, participating in your daily life. That's amazing. That's amazing. That leaves me blessed and amazed. But not only does he love me, not only has he positioned me through grace and not merit, but he has also now come to live within me and within you and wants to share life with you. You see, we have to change our understanding of fellowship to comprehend the fullness of what Paul was saying. Now, if you're from another country, another nation originally, you often have a better understanding of fellowship than what British people do. It's like we have many Africans in in Portsmouth. We have many people from Asia and the Philippines. And their understanding of fellowship is already richer than ours. Because when I read fellowship, I read it from a British context, which basically means stay behind after church for 10 minutes, have a cup of tea, then leave and get on with my life. Are you staying for fellowship? What does that mean? To me, that means you're going to hang around for 10 minutes after church, have a cup of tea and a biscuit, a bourbon, a custard cream, and then go and get on with your life. But the thing is, when our Filipino family came and joined our church, many years ago now, their understanding of fellowship was completely different. And I remember they invited me round for fellowship. And I soon discovered that fellowship for the Filipino community means you come on Tuesday afternoon, start eating, and you're still there Thursday. (laughs) And you're still eating. And also, that's been my experience of many people that came from African cultures. They're shocked by how quick we do fellowship. I prefer their way of doing fellowship. But it's also richer to the experience that God wants you to have, not with a spirit, but with his spirit. When he says, be enjoying the grace of God daily. Stay away from works and law. Enjoy the grace of God. Enjoy the love of God. Enjoy God as love in your life. But also, be thoroughly enjoying the ongoing shared life experience with the person of the Holy Spirit who's not only in heaven and made manifest the omnipresence of God, but also now dwells within your life. And his desire is to do life with you. Isn't that awesome? Because the true definition of fellowship is shared life. The sharing of life with someone. What a privilege that because of the blood of Jesus Christ... We've now been positioned in a righteousness that's not our own to enjoy unbroken fellowship where we share God's life and he shares ours. That's why we can't settle for a mediocre church attendance experience of Christianity. He's with me on my paddle board. I love that. He's with me in the shower in the morning, and I don't even know myself at that point. He's with me when I open my eyes. I've learned as you get older, I'm 57 now, just don't believe your first thoughts when you wake up. They're just not true. I've learned how to do that. It's strange. I'm like, I wake up with the most bizarre thoughts, and then after a cup of coffee, I'm like, none of that was real. People say, do you feel saved in the morning? I don't feel human. But he's there in the middle of my good bits, my bad bits. And the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ, is now living in you saying, let's do life together. Or you can settle for doing what you want and then coming to church for two hours on Sunday. I want to tell you, walking in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, non-religious fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Ah, that's a blessing there. I can see why Paul included it. Now, we need to understand that the Bible speaks of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in many ways. I'm not even going to attempt to unpack the multitudes and the many facets of the experience of having the Holy Spirit sharing life with you. We know that it says in 2 Corinthians one twenty two. I haven't given those verses in, that the Holy Spirit is a number of things. One of them is he's the seal of our salvation until the day of redemption there's an assurance knowing that you're sealed by the spirit because the lie of the enemy would say have you lost your salvation you can't lose something that you've been sealed with he's not a seal upon you he's a seal within you and he's a seal until the day of your redemption but also it says again in Ephesians 1 as well it says he's the deposit isn't that incredible if you walk into a shop and put a deposit down it means you're going to come back later with a lot more right Come on, this is how the Bible introduces us. This is how Paul introduces us to the Holy Spirit and the experience we can have. He's many things. He's a helper. He's a guide. He's a teacher. He's a seal until the day of redemption. He's a deposit. It's like if I go in a shop today and I go to buy something, uh, anything really, and I haven't uh, got the fullness of the money with me, what I do is I put a deposit down and my deposit says, here's 10% or a little bit, there's a lot more coming. Oh, the Holy Spirit is a deposit of heaven saying, you've only sinned a little bit of what you're going to know. Come on, this is stuff that Christians need to know. Otherwise, you've got Christians like, are you a Christian? Yeah, how is it? It's boring. No, you're boring. (laughs) Don't blame God for your boringness. Come on. Christianity is not boring unless you're ignorant of what you've possessed. Oh I'm so bo- I'm not going go to go I'm, I'm going to No you're boring you most. ask your wife you're boring You need Jesus you need a move of God in your life My life for last 30 years I left selling fruit and veg about 30 years ago and said I'm going to follow you Jesus wherever you want me to go I've gone all around the world been terrified been afraid been never bored Never bored Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ now living in you saying, what should we do today? (laughs) If you're not listening and being led by him, then you're still being led by your soul, which is boring. Your soul is boring, not your spirit. That's God's life in you. So the way to get less boring is to just get filled more with the Holy Spirit. I was praying that yesterday morning out on my board. I said, Lord, fill every bit of me today flood every bit of me with your presence every bit of me God man you feel good afterwards now okay stop distracting me all right This is the one benefit I want to leave with you there's many benefits he's a seal he's a deposit he's the one who draws us to God do you know that you didn't find God on your own right you know that right he drew you to God he drew you to himself he called you out of deep waters to himself but not only did he do that before you were saved i believe he continues to do that in a heart that's following him for the rest of your days on earth because i'm always feeling that prompting come spend time with me come spend time with me he's constantly drawing you to the lord he's drawing you now we understand the trinity god in three places three expressions of the father one god the lord thy god is one i get that But there's very different expressions in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has now the ministry on the earth in us. The Father is seated in heaven. The the Son is seated at his right-hand side. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's made known present when we worship. But he's also in the life of everyone that's received him as a gift from the Father. Amen. We all believe that. Good Pentecostals. Yep. All right. Now, what we understand is he's constantly drawing us to the Father. That's where the desire to read, the desire to worship. All of those things are not you. They're the Holy Spirit. Number two, he's the one who empowers us and gives us the ability. Again, I love those statements of Paul. I can do anything. I love that. I can do anything. I can do anything. But he hadn't finished speaking. Through Christ, who gives me the ability Remember, the spirit of the risen Jesus Christ now lives in you. You didn't receive the spirit of an angel. You received the spirit of a living God. And he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with God. If the spirit of God is in you, who can't you forgive? If the spirit of God is in you, what can't you do? To me, the only limitation in my life is time. Because I've understood. Andy times Andy equals something little can happen. Andy times God means I could be a worship leader, just haven't got time. Just haven't got time. I could open a multi-million pound business that resources the kingdom. Just haven't got time. Just haven't got time. (laughs) Because now God in me equals I can do not some things, all things. And so can you. Come on, the same Holy Spirit's in me that's in you. Same Holy Spirit that's in you is the same one that was in the Apostle Paul. Come on, or or is it different degrees of the same spirit or different spirits of the same God? No, one spirit, one body, one people, one Jesus living in us. We've got to turn off our distractions and begin to focus again on him. This is the one I want to leave you with. He's the one that makes the Bible make sense. We launched today, which was interesting, 9.30 this morning we launched on TBN, which was awesome. TBN UK now. We're on um, 9.30 in the morning. And I was just speaking there this morning on the ministry of that timeless thought of the Word and the Spirit working together. The Word and the Spirit working together. Too much Word, you'll dry up. Too much Spirit, you blow up. Enough of both, you'll grow up. That relationship between the Word and the Spirit. But you see, it's the Holy Spirit who brings from the book, the Bible, the content that will change your life. Without the Holy Spirit, the Bible is just a book. But with the Holy Spirit, suddenly the content, which is the life of God Himself, leaves the book, comes into your life, and you're changed and transformed. That's why whenever you read your Bible, just say, Come on, Holy Spirit, help me today. Come on, Holy Spirit, help me. I ain't going to get this stuff. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Now, one of my favorite writers, and I think the guy was a legend because he spent like 30 years of his life in prison before he died, was Watchman Nee, incredible writer. And I loved the way that Watchman Nee paralleled uh, this experience of the Holy Spirit bringing you into understanding of the word with a box of chocolates. And he said, somebody can give you a box of chocolates and what you've got is a cardboard box. Even though the content is delicious chocolate. But what you've got is a box. You've got a cardboard box. If somebody gives you a box of chocolates, you've got a cardboard box made of paper. Oh, the contents are delicious. But unless you lift the lid and let the contents come into your life, you'll only ever be in possession of a cardboard box. See, the Bible's made of paper. You worked that out, right? Please let me know you knew that. But the Bible isn't a paper book, it's a supernatural book that's contained in paper. And one of the things I love about walking with the Holy Spirit is whenever I read the Bible, I say, All right, Holy Spirit, a part of your ministry is to bring me into revelation. That's God understanding of these truths contained within this paper book. And he does. You're reading the Bible, people say to me, How do you get so much out of one verse? I don't, he gives it to me. Because your Bible is a paper book, but it contains God himself. God has put himself, his words, everything he's ever going to do for you within that paper book. The Holy Spirit takes the paper book, the Bible, lifts the lid and says, You fancy one of these chocolates with cream on it? You fancy one of these lemony ones? Like a bit of toffee, do you? And he brings the content of the paper box into your daily life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How do we enjoy this? Simply to live a life committed to fellowship with him. All right, let's bring us into a landing because it's heating up in here, right? Now, Jesus endorsed this as well. Many times, but I'm just grabbing a couple. John 14, verse 26, he speaks... Of the ministry of his spirit, and he says, But the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance of everything that I've said to you. He's the one that opens the box of chocolates and brings the content. Now some of you are offended by chocolates. Okay. Vitamins for you healthy. All right. Vitamins. Some of you are like, I don't do chocolate. Look yeah. at vitamins it can be anything we can use anything as an example you know if a packet of vitamins is in a cardboard box and he's the one that brings the content of the vitamin into the body so your life experiences nutrition because let's face it chocolate isn't that nutritious took me about 50 years to realize that sharing stuff with you it took me a long time to learn all right Here's something I want to share with you as we close. I know I keep saying that, but you keep believing me. Um, <laughs> Ephesians 1, 17. I am bringing it in for a landing. I want to read you this for the amplified version because it's a little bit louder. Yeah. Come on, don't let the heat take your humor. Amplified version, a little bit louder. <laughs> thank you. Ah, thank you. We're here all week. Ephesians 1, 17. This is Paul praying over the Ephesian church. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father always through the Son. Now, if you want some homework, read on in verse 18. It just gets better and better and better. So I want to encourage you today. Be caught in the triangle, the trinity of this blessing that Paul spoke over the church. Let the love of God be a daily experience. Let the grace of God be a part of everything you do and everything you believe. And let the fellowship, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be continually with you. Would you close your eyes for a moment? I'm going to say this once and I'm going to pray a prayer. Then I'm going to say it again as we close. Family Church Gospel. May the grace be unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God that extreme love and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you one and all smile every eyes closed maybe you're here today you're visiting and you've never received Jesus into your life you've never allowed him to save you remember to know about Jesus isn't enough you have to receive him and let him save your life for you to experience salvation. I was talking to a young man yesterday about, you know, how Judas is a little bit of a case study because there's no evidence that he actually acknowledged Jesus as saviour. He walked with him. But did he ever say, Jesus, you are my Lord, like John did? Peter. Peter. And the other guys. See, the experience of knowing Jesus, knowing about him, walking alongside him, isn't the same as letting him save you. Acknowledging him as saviour. Say, Jesus, I need you to save me. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your saviour, your Lord, to save your life with an eternal salvation, <clears throat> then this morning's an opportunity to do that. I know that probably most people in the room have already prayed that prayer and you've received from God that eternal salvation. But if you haven't, I want to provide that opportunity for you today. Can we all pray this prayer together? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, that you are love. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace that saves a person to the uttermost. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the fellowship of you walking with us in a saved life. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you're the Son of God and you died on the cross for my sin. I ask you to forgive my sin and cause me to be born again of the Holy Spirit to a new creation life. I receive your salvation, Jesus Christ my Saviour. Amen. Just my every eyes closed, every head's bowed. If you're here today and you've never prayed that prayer, You're unsure if you've ever asked the Lord to save you. Then I want to give an opportunity, not an embarrassing one, not going to bring anyone forward. Just going to ask you when I count to three, if you would lift your hand as a demonstration of that prayer, prayed for your life today for the first time, or maybe you coming back to the Lord, you're remembering the things he's done for you. If that's you, one, two, three. God bless you. I see that hand. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for that boldness. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you so much for that boldness. If you could just lift your hand nice and high for me, just so I know that that's you. Yeah. Amen. One, two, three. That's beautiful. This is just people coming to Jesus. I love that. Is there anyone else today? Come on. You've got nothing to lose. You've got everything to gain. Anyone else in this moment say, Jesus, I don't want religion. I want a relationship with you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Father, I pray for these three people today. And I pray also for a person that may be wrestling in their heart, that you would give them the courage to pray that prayer before the close of this day and to tell someone that they have. Lord, I just thank you for Jeff and Jane. Thank you for Camille and the team here. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you that even though storms and waves are coming, we're standing on a paddleboard of faith, our eyes fixed on you, not the waves or the wind. We choose to follow you. Even when others don't, we choose to follow you. When others choose fear, reason, ideology, we choose you. We stay committed to building that which you've committed to build, which is your church. Father, we will not be distracted, but we will finish everything you asked us to do. Now, I pray one last time, may the incredible grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the amazing love of God, and the sweet ongoing fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you one and all. Amen.